This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. What's up, guys? Welcome to Podcast. My name is Solomon Ali at Red Nation Hoops on Twitter. First week of training camp in the books, and we got a five-man podcast going. We got Taylor Pate, Ali Khan Bijani, Paul Derrick, um, Matthew Cardonis. Five-man podcast. How are you guys doing, man? Good. Doing well. Doing great. So the first real move of training camp was shifting Harden to the point guard. That's the first real thing that happened. Mike D'Antoni came in. He he shifted, you know, James Harden from shooting guard to point guard. And, you know, it, this caused a real ruckus on Twitter as far as what really is going to change now. And uh, my biggest thing is everything changes. It's, it's a real subtle move. And I know Harden was doing the majority of the playmaking in the beginning, but now the ball starts off in his hands. You know, everything's quicker. Like You don't have to give Harden the ball. He doesn't have to wrestle with guys for positioning anymore. He has the ball from the start of the play. And, and that really makes everything much, much quicker because, you know, the seven seconds or less offense. Paul, you watched it earlier this summer. Steve Nash had the ball from the beginning of the possession, and, and it literally is. Like, there's a reason it's called a seven seconds or less offense. Everything, all the actions pretty much completed within 10 seconds, like 10 to 12 seconds. Everything's really, really quick. And that and that starts with the ball, the primary playmaker having the ball in his hands. So, what do you guys say about that ball? Uh, yeah, uh, I was on uh, Ben Dubose's con- podcast uh, a few days ago, and something that I said was, it's not necessarily going to change how much Harden the, has the ball, but it is going to change when and where he has the ball. So it's because Harden is going to be able to uh, get the ball in the backcourt, he's going to deal with a like uh, a lot less wrestling, and he's not going to be denied because he's going to have it, the ball initially, and he can dictate when the offense starts, and he can also, because he is so skilled, dictate where he's going to be on the court. When you're off the ball and being denied, you're relying on other players' skill to get you the ball, if that makes sense. So now that he's actually bringing up the ball, it's going to make for a real, uh, it's going to be a real plus. And something that I am very encouraged by is just the fact that Dan Tony just walked into training camp the first day, spotted an inefficiency and nipped it in the bud just like that. It was, it's a genuine sign for optimism. What I noticed, I think it was you, Paul, who tweeted it. Uh, it said, I finally understand that there's a real difference between someone who brings the ball up, who just brings the ball up, and the point guard. And that's really how it is now. I mean, yeah, Harden did bring up the ball. Did bring up the ball a lot last year, but 
it wasn't exactly the point guard. And now this year, he's legitimately starting point guard for the season. And I think, like Paulie, like what you said, it's going to make the offense roll a lot smoother because Harden won't have to deal with being denied constantly with Beverly bringing the ball up. And what I'm a little interested to see is how things are going to work on the defensive end because now with Harden at the point guard, Beverly moves to the shooting guard. So I'm interested to see if, on the defensive end, if Beverly is going to stay guarding shooting guards or if maybe Harden and Beverly will decide to just switch back to their natural positions on the defensive end and just guard that. But it'd be interesting to see Harden guard point guards because we obviously know that everybody gets on Harden for his defense. And I think it would say a lot about Harden because we actually know people who consistently watch Rockets basketball know that James Harden can defend well. It's If anything, it's more of the off-ball issues than actually on-ball. So I think if you played on-ball on all of our great point guards in the NBA, I think he would do just fine. It'll be really interesting to see how things work on the defensive end. Yeah, and something that... Um that uh, I don't know is one of the more uh, one of the smaller aspects I guess um, is that the the wear and tear that Harden would take over several games playing you know um, the most minutes in the league or the top top three minutes in the league um, and and getting denied the ball and having to wrestle and fight with it nobody on the team could get him the ball consistently um, if he didn't bring it up himself. And doing this, um, you know, he'll be able to go straight into the offense. And the, what's crazy about the seven seconds or less offense is it starts before the ball's inbounded. So as soon as that ball hits the ground from a, a made shot, it's right back in. And it's it, the, the offense is immediately started. That's when your seven seconds starts. So that's a, that's going to be something that's, that's extremely interesting um, to, to see the Rockets basically – uh, hurry up that offense and, and get those defenses on their heels. Um, and with Harden initiating that and not spending so much energy um, trying to get the ball in the first place, I think you're going to see a much more refreshed James Harden, um, not only on the offensive end, but on the defensive end as well. Yeah, I actually agree with that. Uh, that was something that I actually uh, had a conversation about. I forget where it's, someone uh, brought up the idea of bringing the ball up being tiring. And then I said that it's actually, if anything, bringing the ball up will be easier on him because he won't have to like lean on these 250 pounders guarding him. He's just going to be able to get it from the get go and not work as hard. So I think you're right about that. It's definitely going to, uh, put maybe a mile two off of his body by the end of the season. There were, uh, there were visible games last year where you could tell that Harden was exhausted. Um, and his, his shot, the one thing about Harden is when he is tired, his shot goes, his legs go out from under him and he, he's not, he's flat on his threes. Um, and he, he doesn't seem like he has that, that juice to, to make those extra shots. Yeah. And I think Uh, something that Matt pointed out earlier, um, about guarding point guards. That's something I, I toyed with, but I really think there's going to be a lot of cross-matching um, as far as on the defensive end. I think I still think James Harden's probably going to still guard two guards 
because I just don't think he's um, you know mobile enough to guard point guards in the NBA. I don't know. Maybe that could change. There is this idea of um, giving giving somebody with an inefficiency such as Harden, you know, with his defense, you know, overloading him um, and making him uh, making that a, a point of emphasis and perhaps eliminating the weakness. You know, I've, I've read that idea before. Now, I'm not sure if he's going to do it. I, I would venture there's going to be a lot more cross-matching, but I agree with you guys. I, I think I think Harden's just going to be you know, a lot more fresh because, man, he, he, had, he had to wrestle with a lot of guys. It wasn't just his man that was, you know, leaning on him. It was, it was There was also the, ho- the help defender trying to deny that basketball. And I think what I'm really interested to see is right now is how does Patrick Beverly's role change on offense because, you know, him bringing the ball up now – He's off the ball. He's clearly going to be doing, be doing a lot more stuff off the ball. I'm interested to see if he's going to run off screens more. Um, I'm interested to see if he's going to set more screens and, you know, kind of how active he's going to be off the ball because I think Patrick Beverly, like, his greatest strength is his catch-and-shoot ability. On the offensive end, he, he's in his 40s, and making that a point of emphasis and making sure he gets, you know, corner threes or whatnot, I think that's going to be really interesting to see how the offense reacts to that. I think one big thing that we've kind of seen over the past few years since Harden and Beverly have been in Houston is those two have become really close off the court. And it's it's really started to get noted a little more out in the media how much Harden and Beverly look out for each other. And you hear about it all the time. I mean, you always hear Beverly defending Harden for every little thing, Harden, for every little mistake that the media points out that Harden does. I remember a few months ago they asked Beverly, you know, what are your expectations for Harden? And he said, Harden's the leader of the team. Harden is going to lead us. The team is going to go as far as Harden takes us. He can easily win the MVP. And his role will be a little different. His shooting, it's there. It's sometimes on. It's sometimes off. But like you said, Salman, I think it'll be really interesting to see how he's going to adjust to life running around the court more because he's going to be off the ball more. And... It could work. It will probably work because Harden and Beverly have actually had really good chemistry on the court together. So maybe in the first few games, it'll be a little weird for them to get things together. But I think once they get maybe 10, 15 games into the season, everything should be fine. I think another underrated aspect of Harden bringing up the ball is when when he's when he was fighting those those uh, defenders, you know, to shake them off to get the ball. He's you know his his entire body is up against one or two other defenders and so he's he's kind of got a uh, limited view of the court and when he's got that ball immediately from the get-go he's got an immediate view of the court he can see everything um, right then and there and so I think you're going to see a lot more quick passing and, and passing um, you know from from the backcourt into the front court um, very quickly from Harden. You know, th- this this um, position change, if you can call it, is basically because James Harden is the best decision maker on the floor. Um, and if you're going to make him play that Steve Nash role, you want him to be that best decision maker. So whenever he's bringing the ball up, he's going to see, okay, if I start to pick and roll from the left side and I go left, this is what's going to happen. I see a defender coming or I see this happening. That's what makes him the best choice, and that's what makes us the best move for the Rockets offensively because now you have – James Harden making the decisions, your best passer on the floor, your best shooter on the floor, and your best finisher on the floor. All of those three things starting the offense is exactly what the Rockets want. Yeah, and I think you brought up a good point there. When when Harden's bringing the ball up, he's going to be able to see the entire the entirety of the floor as opposed to when he's already 
up to half court and he's and he can't see as much and he can see a lot of the the offense develop because of course we know in Mike D'Antoni's system the offense starts as soon as the ball is passed in and um, that there's always there's always stuff going on and so Harden can see that while he's bringing the ball up and and, be, and make that decision right away and another thing that came up at training camp was who starts at center because the Mike D'Antoni kind of teased it a little bit. Like, he toyed with the idea of starting Nene. And and I'm totally against that because I think if Clint Capella is your guy, and the Rockets clearly view him as your guy, Daryl Morey mentioned it in, in the media day press conference that the Rockets, in order to make a big leap this year and become like a 51 team and a possible home court advantage team, Clint Capella is going to be a big factor in that. I completely agree with that. I, I think... I think if you're going to make him your guy, send a message. Make him the starter. Give him 30 to 32 minutes a night. I think I, I think he's ready for it. You know, he's he's paid his dues. Um, Dwight's gone now. Make make it clear to him that he's going to be your guy. I know Nene is a, a fantastic passer, and that really gels well in the system. But the idea of of giving reps to you know him right away, it, it it's it bothers me because I I just think I think I think frankly Klinkopo is a better player already at this stage of his career than Nene. And with Nene, you already have a ceiling. You already know how good Nene is. We don't know how good Capella can be. Calvin Watkins tweeted the, um, the depth chart for the Rockets, and it, it said Clint Capella was starting at center. So that, that kind of put me at ease a little bit. What about you guys? Uh, yeah. Go ahead. Okay. Uh, what I noticed with Capella is he's really seemed to mature as a player over the past few years. I've noticed he, Capella has really bulked up really well in a only about two and a half years. He's really worked up well. I remember they showed a picture of him his rookie year. He was kind of skinny, wasn't too big, and now he's super muscular. And he looks yeah, he's, he's gained 30 pounds uh, over the course of his tenure with the Rockets. It's, it's, it's crazy. It's just crazy to show like his work ethic. And that's really good for somebody who's so young to have a work ethic that great because it just shows how dedicated he is. And Salman, you've really been on Clint for possibly being the most improved player this year. And I don't see, now that I think about it, he really could win that award because now that Dwight's gone, like you mentioned, it really kind of gave, it opened the floodgates for Capella's potential because if Howard was going to stay in Houston, Capella was still going to be the backup for however many more years Dwight was going to stay here. But now Dwight's gone. And I think it would have been, it's better that Capella's in there because Capella's, obviously a lot younger than Nene, and he's more athletic. And I think it makes it easier for the offense because, especially in this offense with Mike D'Antoni, because it's basically run and gun. So I think with Capella, you can run a lot more, and it'll just make life a lot easier. So yeah. I kind of I think that, um, for me, it's a really simple answer because I think that having Clint Capella play on the bench would – minimize his talents so I think if he's playing with Harden he's playing with the best playmaker on the team and that's that's going to be the best thing for him now like we know that Nene can can um, generate some offense through himself and, and things like that but Clint Capella is not getting post touches um, at least not not that I'm aware of anytime soon um, and having Harden paired with Capella uh, there's already chemistry, and they seem like um, you know they they have uh, just a a good relationship already with each other. Um, 
And I think that putting Clint Capella with the bench unit would diminish what he's capable of doing. Yeah, and something else to think about. Uh, I've made my uh, belief in Clint Capella's talents known on Twitter, but just something else to think about. Having Nene start, you just commit a certain amount of minutes to Nene, who has, throughout the entirety of his career, been incredibly injury-prone. And if you're going to commit that many minutes to Nene, that's just asking for trouble. So on top of the fact that Clint, I think, is just the better player right now, who also happens to have the better ceiling, he also just is more equipped to play big minutes than Nene, because just Nene is never healthy. And that's a big deal to me. That's a legitimate distinction. I think what you need to look at and what D'Antoni has talked about at training camp is, yeah, I understand the whole point of Nene, you know, having injuries, especially last season. Um, But I I think what you need to look at as well is rotations. So D'Antoni likes to employ an eight to nine man rotation. He was asked about it. He says, you know what? Um, my bench guys are going to play starter minutes. It's his job to make sure Eric Gordon and those guys who come off the bench do play starter minutes. So it's not like Clint Clapella is going to play 35, 40 minutes a night. I mean, it'll be optimal if he's playing, but at the same time, Coach D'Antoni himself will also make time for guys like Nene, guys like Eric Gordon, and whoever's eighth man to come off the bench and complete that rotation. So I wouldn't go too much into starting, even though I still believe Clint should start and set the tone defensively and anchor defensively. But just overall, I, I, I don't. I, I still think that Nene will see plenty of action on the floor. So here's my whole dilemma on this. I don't have a problem with Nene at all. And he, he's a fine center. Like, as of this moment, if Nene starts, he's about like an average to below average center. So he he can he can be fine, right? Like he, he you have a ceiling with him already. Like he he's a decent rim protector. He he can switch a little bit, not as much as he used as he was in his younger years. But you have a ceiling with with Nene with Clint Capella. We have no idea how good this team could be with, with Clint Capella at the helm. You know, it, it's that whole idea of upside, and you want your team to be as good as possible. And I think you brought up a point, a good point earlier, Taylor, when you were talking about that developed chemistry that's already there with Harden and, and Capella. Because I, I think everybody's noticed it, man. Like these guys are are dynamite in the pick and roll. These they have they are they have a good feel for each other already. Clint Capella is a willing screen setter. He knows when to roll, and he and unlike Dwight, like, he's willing to do the little things that that'll make him a great center right now. And I think I just think it's best to send the message to Capella at the start. This is your team. You know, let's roll with it. So another topic brought up at training camp this week was that the Rockets are going to try to lower James Harden's minute load. And I'm glad that they're finally thinking about doing this because James Harden's been absolutely laboring these past few seasons. Last year, he averaged like 36 minutes a game, and that that led the league in minutes. And he was just absolutely killing his body. I mean, towards the end of the season, he was averaging close to 40 minutes a game because J.B. Bickerstaff leaned on him so hard because there was no other playmaking on the team. There There was no other shot creation, and that's been a theme for the Rockets these past few years. And with the addition of Eric Gordon, I'm glad that the Rockets are finally making an effort at, you know, stepping off the gas. And I'm glad that Darren Morey finally made it concrete in saying this. And, you know, it's going to lead to more efficient production for James Harden in the future. His, I think his shooting toes are going to go up. I think the Rockets are going to overall be better coming out of this. I'll believe it when I see it. Uh, you know, I, 
I'm sure that the Rockets were aware that Harden couldn't continue to play uh, the type and the number of minutes that he played last year. I don't think they went in saying, okay, Harden is going to play 38 minutes and like finish the second half of almost every game after the All-Star break. I don't think that they uh, thought that that was ideal. I, But that's just part of what happens with coaches when their backs are against the wall and try to win. And D'Antoni actually played... There are uh, questions about whose fault it was, but there. But D'Antoni played K- Kobe a lot of minutes when the year that Bryant tore his Achilles, uh, and that's a somewhat of a concern for me. Obviously, Harden is a lot younger. I think he's more willing to play the minutes than you think he does. Basically, uh, I. There were moments where I saw him. Uh, just straight up walking to JBB and asking to come in. If I, if my visual, uh, if my sight uh, serves me correct, uh, because I did see that a couple times last season. And, you know, I really hope that he doesn't play the number of minutes uh, that he did last year. I don't think he will just because I think the team itself will be better and there will be bl- more blowouts. But I'll believe it when I see it, like I said. I'm kind of the same with Paul. It's more of a, I'll believe it when I see it. Because the thing with Harden was he had to play those minutes last year. And, I mean, it has been, everyone knows it's been an issue that Harden plays 36 to 39 minutes every single game. And, you know, it's it's okay. I guess people say it's okay right now because of how young he is. But if you really think about it, you have to think about the long term as well. And eventually those minutes are going to catch up to you later on in your career. And I think it'd be nice to maybe see Harden go. He's probably at about 38 minutes a game right now. I think it'd be nice to see it maybe go 33, 32. I think it might it might be like 34. But I think, especially with the addition of Eric Gordon, because Eric Gordon is a playmaker, and what Houston has lacked is another playmaker. And I think with another playmaker – takes a little bit of Harden, and Eric Gordon can stay in for an extended period of time and let Harden rest a little more, which makes Harden fresher in crunch time and as the season goes forward. I, I think it also depends on the system. Um, I mean, we haven't really seen any game action yet. I think tomorrow will be our first eye test in terms of how this team will play in an organized manner in terms of, hey, okay, James Darty who come off the bench. Um, I, I want to see the young guards. I want to see can... Uh, the new addition from Milwaukee, uh, you know, he's a great pick and roll player. He was talented like that in college. He played well in Milwaukee. You know, he did, they just had a long chain of players there at that position, and he didn't see a lot of time. But now with the Rockets, he has an opportunity to actually beat out Pablo Prigioni for that backup spot. Can he do that? You know, so I think it's interesting to see which guard steps, uh, you know, looks looks the part in terms of playing with the second unit, and can they playing in this game system? do well enough to help, you know, make sure that Harden isn't playing second unit and spelling that spelling that time with them. And that I think I think if we can see the second unit play well without Harden and Harden not have to spell so, so much time with that second unit, then we'll see those decreases at 34, 33 minutes. But until then, like I agree with Paul and you know I agree with you guys just overall I we have to wait and see. 
my whole idea on this is it's like I, I agreed with Matt. Like th- this this stuff is dangerous, man. You can't be playing guys as much as the Rockets have been playing Harden. Like we've seen it with Jimmy Butler. We've seen it with other with other guys that like, play with Tom Thibodeau, like Luol Deng. Heavy minutes. If it, if it doesn't catch up with you now, it's gonna catch up with you later in your career. And you know Harden's a young guy, as, as you guys have all pointed out, and he can handle it right now. But it's it's gonna add up. It's gonna add up at some point. And we've been fortunate enough to have a, a healthy Harden. You know, for the most part, Harden plays 80-plus games a year. And so, you know, we never really have to worry about injuries with him. But the whole point in having Harden uh, lower his minute load is to prevent it in the future. And I think, you know, we've seen it with guys like Tim Duncan, guys like Dirk Nowinski. You know, you have Harden signed to an extension. I mean, I, and, like, you have to start worrying about this stuff now. Like, because you have him signed up to, to his his early 30s and i think i think his contract expires at age 30 this is when you start to this is when you really start to think about this kind of stuff and how it impacts the team's future going forward yeah so looking at um, just, uh, just you know just spitballing here looking at steve nash's minutes um, under dan tony um, 34 35 35 34 and 33 um so, and that's a guy with a degenerative back condition. Um, so it does worry me a little bit. Um, but that said, I do think that this team will be better than last year's team. Um, I think a lot of Harden's uh, minutes were out of necessity. And also I think that some of them had to do with the chemistry. And um, I, I really think that there was just a big lack of uh, any type of camaraderie between the team. I don't think, uh, I don't want to say that, you know, um, Harden or Dwight didn't want the other to do well, but I think that Harden would rather have just been clear that it was his team, um, you know, playing the full second half of games and, and things like that. Um, but it, I am slightly concerned for his minute load. Um, Matt Moore uh, from CBS earlier was talking about um, Harden and Gordon playing together. Um, and I do think that some of their minutes will be staggered so that um, there is a break there. But, you know, if if Harden and Gordon are going to be playing together, that's more minutes um, with Harden on the court that, you know, Gordon's not taking his spot. So uh, it's going to be really interesting to see uh, over the next couple of weeks full of games um, to, to see where we're at with our, our rotations. Yeah, and for what it's worth, I'm just looking at some numbers now. Harden averaged 40 minutes per game post-All-Star break last year. My God. And there was a stretch, and let me read this. Uh, this was like a 10-game stretch or something like that, where it was 41, 43, 43, 43, 42, 42, 44, 43, 41, 41, 40. That cannot happen next year, this year. That cannot happen. Yeah, and I remember that stretch um, because it was when the Rockets were trying to get in the playoffs and that, that big playoff push they made towards the end of the season. You know, the guys got together and they made an effort to try to make the playoffs. And I, I was legitimately concerned for Harden's safety at that point. Like, it, it really, I'll be frank, it pissed me off. Like, when when uh, bigger staff was playing Harden this much. Like, to, to, be, to be a head coach in the NBA, you have to recognize guys' limits. Like, I mean... Sure, you're trying to make the playoffs, but is it really worth it in the grand scheme of things if you're jeopardizing this guy's health? And like it, 
I just I'm, I'm just hoping that's something that doesn't happen under this new regime with um, Mike D'Antoni and Jeff Bizdelic. I'm I'm hoping they don't lean on Harden this much, but having Daryl come out and say we're we're probably going to lower his minute load, it, it just made made me feel a little bit more assured that you know hey we have we got Air Gordon, we have other playmakers now. Harden can rest a little bit. It, it made me feel a little bit better about things. So um, another story that came out this earlier this week, really early in the week. Was you know Las Vegas came out with their over unders and the Rockets are slated at forty one and a half games. And I just think that's really low because under James Harden, the lowest amount of games he's ever won was forty one games. And I think to to say that the Rockets are going to be as bad as last season, I, I I'm really in on that on that over. Like I would bang the over on that. Like forty one and a half games, I I think they're going to win at least 40, 45 to fifty games. What about you guys? Uh. I also agree with you. I just think, I don't know what it is. I just think everybody has very bad opinions about the Rockets because of James Harden. I think a lot of people are just out to get James Harden. A lot of people in the media aren't the biggest fans of him. And I think the crazy thing about that over-under is Houston still managed to make the playoffs and finish 500. And it was a disastrous year. They still found a way to get done what they wanted to get done, even though it was a very disappointing season. They still got it done. And it's almost impossible to say that last year's team is better than this year's team. This team is a lot. I think this team is much better than last year's team, mainly because this year everybody seems on board together. Everybody seems happier. You've seen the videos that the Rockets have been releasing from training camp. Everybody's a little more loose. Harden's being really vocal in training camp and I see the Rockets winning maybe 47 to 48 wins this year. And that's, that's a great number. That's a really good number for them to have this year. And I think as as long as Harden is there, there's no way that we're going to finish under 500 and Vegas isn't even the only one who's picking us to only win 41 games because ESPN actually, I don't even know if ESPN has Houston making the playoffs right now. Because I just think a lot of people are out to have a bad vibe with Harden. But I think they'll do much better than 41 wins. I see them in 47 to 48 wins. Yeah, and, and um, ESPN's RPM projections has them as four, at 45 and a half wins. So, I mean, that, that's that's a computer generating it. And it, it tells you that the Rockets are going to be much better than expected. So, I'm, I'm going to go ahead and ask you guys. What do you guys feel about that over-under? And if you were to give the Rockets a win total, what would you give them? Uh, I, I'd go over, uh, I'm pretty sure about the over. I'm pretty confident in the Rockets going over this season. I would put them at 48 ish wins this year. I think it's a fair number to say, but something to keep in mind was the Rockets, uh, and their really low over under last year relative to other to the outside world's expectations everybody was saying oh wow this this is a really low over under i think it was like low 50s or something like that and everybody was surprised by it and then you know you guys know what happened yeah vegas ended up being right so i i don't know i think it's important to keep in mind that vegas was actually right last year but i Keeping that in mind, I would still go over. Um, Easily. I think that um, when you 
when you kind of look back at last season, there were there were points where Rockets Twitter was was literally pulling hair out because of how bad this team was, and they managed, you know, James Harden managed to drag them to forty one wins, which is an accomplishment. Um, and I think that this year, uh, contingent on health. So if if, if Gordon Anderson Nene can stay healthy, I think that the Rockets can win 50 games. Um, and again, that's completely contingent on their health. But I think that they could potentially have a top three offense, if not the number one offense, um, if everybody's healthy. Um, there's really, you know, not a, a weak spot on the offense anymore. Even even Pat Beverly's game. Has um, has stepped up on the offensive side, um, so you know typically uh, historically with a top five offense, that means at least like you know forty five or forty seven wins, um, and I think that there are enough pieces around uh, this team that they can you know edge out an extra three wins or so. Um, so I'm going to say that the Rockets, contingent on health, can win 50 games. What about you, Ugly Con? Yeah, um, you know, I, I think Paul's number 48 is uh, more likely. Um, I mean, I, I, I'm a person who has to see first. You know, we haven't played a game yet. I mean, if we're looking at this just based off of an off-season perspective, yeah, I think they can win 48 and they're going to make the playoffs. But also, I need to see the preseason. I need to see how this team plays. I need to see what they're running offensively, what they're doing defensively. I need to see the last two games of their preseason, their dress rehearsals. I want to see all that before I can give you a concrete prediction. Um, but I, I do think 48 games um, is a very likely possibility. Um, you know, speaking on to all the else points, last season was, you know, you know, it, it wasn't it wasn't fun. Um, I remember I was in a locker room after the Atlanta game, and it, it, they, they had lost. They came back from behind. They regained the lead and then they lost in the final few minutes. Of the game. Was this the one where Al Horford hit like eight threes? Yeah, Al Horford, like yeah. Dwight just wouldn't yeah. contest him. Dwight Howard. just did not come out to the perimeter. And and I know there was a moment when Harden threw a lob to Howard for the slam, but that was probably the only highlight of the night in terms of their camaraderie. Um, in the locker room, but back to the locker room. In the locker room, I remember it was when the media came in, uh, Harden was getting dressed and the players were there too. And, and Harden was the first one to speak to the media. Um, he spoke and he left. And everybody else, the players were still there. Dwight was getting ready. I mean, you know, that that's, that stood out to me. I mean, as much as I know it shouldn't, it stood out to me that letting me know, hey, this season doesn't feel right. Um, and, and, and this year when you go to training camp, when you see these guys having fun, getting along, when you see these players standing up for each other, they have so in the past, but even more so this year, you see these guys getting together in the offseason. I remember I, I talked to... I talked to somebody uh, who was there in Miami, and they said that 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 session they had with the team was so so successful. Everybody was you know getting along, and they were they were just you know meshing really well. And I, this sticks out to me. This chemistry that they're making this sticks out to me. And so if if it works out the way I feel like it'll work out, I think Rockets over by a lot. And I think if the preseason if they play to the system and they work those kinks out that they will have. I think, you know, 48 wins could – I could add a few more games onto that. So I think this season is – the Rockets fans should look at this in a very optimistic time. 
Yeah, and uh, to your point, Taylor, um, like the, that stat you were talking about in the uh, in the past ten years, every team that's had a top five offense has won fifty games, except for one team, and I, I believe that's the twenty ten New York Knicks. History is certainly on their side, but that they have to ha- they have to get that top five offense first, uh, and we're all just expecting it. And and you know, preseason could could come, and the Rockets could be absolutely terrible on offense. We, we you're right, yes. we don't know, we have no idea. We're just assuming yeah. they're gonna have a top five offense. Yeah, I, I don't know who said this, um, but I remember you know. Uh, seeing it it's like you know why would you drive a ferrari like in this case james Harden, why would you drive a ferrari with the tow truck driver when you can drive a ferrari with the race car driver right and so um the race car driver obviously being the offensive coach you have a guy let's optimize james Harden. let's make him to a level where we know he can go to and then we'll worry about the we'll worry about the defense but if you bring in a guy and you work in a system where it's honing on skills that your best offensive player isn't the best at that's not going to work you bring in a guy who can optimize that skill set who can revolve the team around your best player the system around your best player all, all that you have a chance to you know break all these um expectations you have and then some so i, I and i think all you guys can agree with me on that i think that we should take the rockets over and that i mean it has to be we have to wait and see but Right now, I think it's looking very optimistic. Good vibes coming out of training camp. It seems like everybody's getting along with each other, and Daryl Moore is going crazy on Instagram, posting uh, all their player movement and ball movement sets. And overall, a a pretty successful week of training camp. Everybody's healthy. Everybody got their workouts in. And it seems like we're in for an entertaining season. We're in for an enjoyable-to-watch season, which you couldn't say about last season, certainly. And that's all I'm. That's all I want from this team. I, I want this team to be enjoyable to watch every year, every day. Because um, last season it was absolutely, you know, a train wreck. They, they would go on these these stints where you think they're putting it together, and then and then they completely collapse. They'd go on like a three game winning losing streak. And so I, I think I think they're going to rebound from last season. I would take that over. I would. T- I have them around forty five to fifty wins, somewhere in between there. And yeah. Subscribe to us on iTunes, SoundCloud, and Google Play. Give us a good rating on iTunes. Give us a good rating on iTunes if you enjoyed the podcast. If you didn't enjoy the podcast, give us a good rating anyways, because that's just the right thing to do. All right, good night, guys. For the ones who get going when the going gets tough, and the ones who know we're tougher together. For the Pathfinders breaking new ground, Granger offers supplies and solutions for every industry, as well as fast access to experts and 24-7 customer support. Because we know you have people depending on you, so you can always depend on us. Call, click Granger.com, or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.